Hey, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. That's right. Our friends at AdCraft USA have stepped up their game to become the presenting sponsors of our podcast and live show. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping, and helping your customers if they have questions so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com and adcraftwebstores.com. Corey Thorpe here with Georgetown head coach Bill Cronin this evening. Coach, how you doing? Corey, how you doing? I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and uh, excited to talk to you a little bit about Tiger football. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Now, Coach, you are uh, entering your quarter century season, if I if I can count my seasons right. Oh, Corey. <laughs> Come on now. You have been a part of every Tiger football national championship from the 91 squad to the couple of squads in 2000 and 2001. Just talk to us for a second about the tradition of the winning tradition of Tiger football. Well, I appreciate the, that question. I, I have been. I've been very, very fortunate. I started under Coach Kevin Donnelly when he was here at Georgetown. I started with him at Anderson and then came here at Georgetown with him and and uh, was able to be mentored by him and, and learn from him. So I basically just took uh, what he started after we won the national championship in 91. We played a 92 season, and then he went to Pennsylvania, and I, I went to uh, a high school and spent four years at the high school before returning to Georgetown and, and taking over the reins. Well, Coach, let's, let's take a look at your, at your 2020 season. Um, the last couple of years have been uh, a little – under what uh, you expect out of Georgetown football. And I hate to say that Georgetown took anybody by surprise, but in a division that had Lindsey Wilson, Cumberlands, uh, who were playoff teams a year ago, ago in 2019, um, Georgetown really came on strong, especially in that first game against Cumberlands, um, winning by seven points at their place. Talk about that, that getting off to your season off to a bang. Well, we had we had some experienced players coming back, and I think that fed into our success. And then our guys uh, showed a lot of dedication and commitment during the, the fall when we were working out and trying to fight this COVID thing. They were all anxious to play a season. And so the more restrictions that were put on us, the more we uh, accepted them and, and – uh, you know, I think that made us stronger, too, as a football team. I think uh, it gave us something to rally around. And so, you know, our guys uh, were, were excited to play that first ball game. They they weren't happy about getting beat by Cumberland the year before. And so, uh, you know, it just it's just all – it is what it is. We, we were a good football team last year, but just probably didn't reach the standards that we set. Uh, but uh, we had a lot to prove this year, and – it was good to see our guys come out strong and play hard. That third game, uh, you play at home against Lindsey Wilson, and uh, the, the scoreline's not as pretty as, as you want, but you went toe-to-toe with uh, a very good football team. Uh, what was the state of your locker room after that? Were they 
you know, how how they how they react? Well, they were disappointed. They 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 felt like they had a chance to win that game. Um, we were hit with a couple of cases of COVID uh, at the pregame breakfast, which required us to replace two or th- three starters, and. Um, you know, that played into the game. It definitely played into the game. The kids didn't, uh, you know, they, they, it just is what it is. And, and they, they knew they played hard. They, they uh, moved the football well. We just didn't score when we needed to. Well, Lindsey Wilson's a good football team. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to watch them from the very beginning. And they just continue to get better and better. Chris has done a great job. And uh, so, yeah, we were highly disappointed that we didn't uh, – uh, win that game, not just play close, but we we thought we could win that game, and, and uh, so I I just felt like it was uh, another stepping stone, and our guys were even more motivated after that. And then after that, you you ride a four game uh, winning streak into the playoffs. Talk about uh, getting back into the playoffs for the first time in a, in a few years, and what that meant to your kids. Yeah, I was, they were excited. Uh, no doubt, no question about it. They were excited. And then to find out they were going to play at home was even more exciting for them. Uh, felt like we could have played a little bit better in that game as well, but we had some injuries that uh, came about. And, uh, you know, Jake Jake Johnson didn't play, and Darius Barber came out in the first series. And, you know, those are two really good uh, productive players on offense and then uh we just uh you know didn't didn't get to the level we should have but it was nice to be back in the playoffs i think it uh gave, gave us a feeling of success and um you know i think something to build off of for next year so let's talk about building towards next year you you do lose uh both guys who took snaps for you and dampier and kraus they combined for 2100 yards and uh, 13 touchdowns and high 50s completion percentage. Um, but you do bring back both Johnson and Barber, um, you know, there. So talk about what you've what you've got coming back and what excites you about next year's offense. Well, we are excited about next year. We've got uh, some some productive players in, in Darius and and um, and Jake. Uh, we're losing a couple guys up front, but. Uh, you know, we've got some guys that have been training and getting ready for this. So, uh, quarterback's always a, the big question. And uh, we've got Brandon Burgess, who's been in the program for three years. And he's uh, very capable, throws a nice ball. He's bigger. He's probably stronger than both Dampier and, and Krause. But he hasn't had the game time. And those two kids were, were really savvy about the game and, uh, studied the game really well. Um, and, and, you know, it was just hard for Burgess to beat them out because of their experience. Um, it'll be interesting. He's got some work to do. You know, one of the problems is in spring, we didn't get that opportunity to really get him those quality reps because we were playing a season. And so he misses out on that, and he's going to have to make that up this summer. But uh, he's excited for that opportunity, and we'll see how well he does. We've got a couple other guys behind him that I think have some talent and going to be young players, but uh, guys that can step in for us and and uh, compete for the position. Um, got a couple quarterbacks coming in 
this freshman class that are going to be uh, guys in the future that I feel very, very confident about. So I think we're good in that position. Uh, you always have to have two. We've been fortunate to have three uh, the last three years. And uh, Burgess, again, a straight-A student, quality football player, quality athlete. Um, he'll learn the game. He knows the game. He knows our offense. It's just a matter of him getting those reps. Defensively, you've got a ton of talent coming back, uh, especially on your front seven um, with with DJ White, Marcus Amasule, Sandra Roxvag, Chad Holleran, um, and Peyton Standifer. Um, You know, players that have a nose for a ball, a lot of tackles for, for loss, a lot of sacks. Um, talk to me about um, your defense next year. The, these guys are exciting players, and uh, they're a very close-knit group. Um, take a lot of pride in our defense. Um, we, you know, we've been strong over the years on defense, and uh, and we'll make it tough for people to score on us. Um, Marcus, a quality football player, uh, he transferred in here from Urbana, so uh, you know he was a good player up there. But when they ended their program, he ended up transferring here, and he's been a delight, delight to work with. And then um, DJ White, I mean, what can you say? He's player of the year on defense in our conference, and you got that kid coming back. So uh, people knew where he was. They planned against him. Um, he's everything that they say. He's, he's a quality football player, uh, big, strong, um, talented. And then uh, linebacker core, I think that that's the area that you'll see the biggest improvement, the biggest difference in our and our defense is probably going to be that second level. Uh, young guys this past year who have had a little bit of experience with us, but uh, with this season under their belt, I think they're really going to take it to another level. And, and um, I think uh, that'll make a big difference for our defense. We were a little young in the, in the secondary, uh, had some breakdowns there, um, but everybody's back. So uh, hopefully we can uh, shore that up and, and be a little bit stronger back there. You mentioned a question ago about having no spring in which to audition a quarterback replacement. Um, with having played an entire spring season, how does that affect your summer and, and fall ball um, getting ready for, for the 2021 season? It affects you quite a bit, Corey. You're, you're dead on the the right question there. I think the strategy each coach is going to have going into summer and into the summer camp, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, it's going to vary from, from school to school. So, you know, our plan is to give them a little bit of extra time off during the summer. Uh, I'm delaying any kind of work on campus or anything for uh, two, almost three weeks. So it'll be middle of June before we do anything organized on campus. We just finished. We just graduated this past Saturday, so these kids are just leaving. Typically, they they graduate uh, early in May, and so they get the whole month of May, and we start the first of June. So we're back there right now for a couple of weeks. Um, well, uh, you know, they all go home with workouts, and they're they're pretty committed to it. Uh, we've been blessed in that that sense, but. Um, We'll start middle of summer trying to get them back on campus to work out a little bit. And then our camp will start at the same time, uh, first week of August, uh, getting ready for a pretty full schedule. Uh, we're traveling to Florida next year in game two. And, 
and uh, it'll be a pretty uh, pretty demanding schedule. But uh, you know, that's that's what we want to do. Um, you know, it was difficult going through the spring because of the weather, but it had nothing to do with the practice and the routine. Those kids loved, you know, being on that routine and being structured again. And um, I think we all feed off that. And, and uh, it was a great experience for everybody. It was hectic. You know, the logistics were always a problem. There's always something on your mind. It was stressful. But uh, I think with a little bit of break, uh, hopefully our bodies, you know, come back fast. Because it was, it was pretty tough on It was pretty taxing on most of our kids. But we didn't have any major injuries. Um, we got one operation going on on a knee. But um, outside of that, everybody else should be in, in full swing uh, by middle of June. Coach, um, of the NAI coaches, the active NAI coaches with 200 wins, both of them have made, um, you know, serious stops through Georgetown. Um, talk a little bit about um, the tradition and uh, creating and maintaining, more importantly, a culture of, of dominance and tradition with each successive new recruiting class that you're bringing in. Well, thank thank you for referring to us that way. We we take a lot of pride in what we do. Uh, our alumni is awesome. I mean, our alumni are, are constantly asking about the program and help trying to help out and do what they can. They're very supportive. Um, our administration wants to be successful. Uh, that's the key, I think. When uh, uh, Kevin was here, we saw a change in leadership, and the president really wanted to be good. And um, it feeds down. I mean, uh, and it resulted to a, a national championship in 91. And then uh, the administration ever since, the three uh, successors have, have all felt the same way. And our board of trustees, you know, I mean, I think it comes through them. They want to be competitive. Um, obviously we're very competitive in basketball as well. And, and uh, so this is important to our school and it's important for their college experience that they're successful and know how to handle it. And um, so I think uh, uh, our faculty feed off of it. Uh, they're very supportive. Um, but it comes from, you know, the president wants to be successful and the athletic director and they put expectations on you and you uh, try to meet those expectations year in and year out and, and uh, it's just a really great place because there's a lot of very genuine people here at Georgetown and I appreciate working with them. So coach let's let's say um, if I'm able to come up to to Georgetown here and take in a game um, what is the best local uh, place that I've got to go eat. <laughs> well, you got to go to Fava's. Fava's is a restaurant downtown right on Main Street that's been there for hundreds of years. And uh, it's where all the locals go to have lunch and breakfast. And, and uh, you know, it's a little, little, little restaurant, but uh, very active, good food. Got to have the Tiger Burger. Okay. And, uh, you know, we got another place in town that has a tiger sandwich. And, you know, it's just a, a n number of places. You know, Georgetown, when I came here, started out at, uh, oh, I think it was about uh, 20,000. 
it's grown now. It's 50, 60,000 in our community. So it's a, it's really grown a lot. Um, it's a whole different world now from when, from 1982 uh, when Kevin and I both came to camp, came to campus here. It's, it's changed a lot. Definitely has, um, you know, gotten the industry there and um, has definitely grown up. So, Coach, we appreciate you coming on the show tonight. And I know I'm looking forward to a great fall season and seeing what uh, Georgetown and the entirety of the Mid-South has to offer. Corey, when you come to town now, I'm buying you your Tiger Burger at, uh, at Fabas. I'll take you up on that, Coach. Hey, guys, future Corey here. This is a double interview podcast. We're trying to make some room so that at the end of summer we can do a couple of preview episodes for you, get things kicked off for fall. So you just heard Georgetown head coach Bill Cronin, and we're going to go all the way across the country to Dickinson State head coach Pete Stanton. Coach, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing, doing really well. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's our pleasure. You know, just like we, we usually do, just looking back at the, the season that was, I was reviewing y'all's stats, um, getting ready for the podcast, and I, I swear y'all didn't have a defensive starter that did not pick off a pass. How do you have a team with 17 interceptions? Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, I think the team was, the, was the really the key, key word for us this year. You know, on defense, I think the guy that led us in interceptions was an outside linebacker, Paxton Miller, but the guy that plays, you know, out and out in the flat and, and does a lot of things. And I think I think that's kind of where where we excelled on defense this year is we didn't necessarily have maybe that guy that was the, the top player of the conference or that dominating guy, but we had a you know, like a true team this year of, of of a collective group of guys that just really really played hard and, and got to the football. Coach, uh, you know, I want to talk about a little bit of the conference play here. Um, you guys basically have what's going the North Star Dynasty here. Um, if my memory serves right, I think you've been at the school for 15 seasons? 22. Yeah. 22, yeah. holy cow. Yeah, Twenty-two. Yeah, just seasons. finished the 21st year at the school here, yeah. Right, and I know when the North Star started, um, you know, the first two years went by. And, and I got a terrible memory, but I don't think Dickinson State won the first two. But since then, you guys have won how many straight now? Yeah, six straight now since 2015. Six yep. straight. That's that's unbelievable. Can you just talk about what it's like? You know, just um, you know, is it just the culture you guys have built in there? Because you guys have no problems, uh, you know, just rolling through. And there's good football in that North Star. Uh, you know, people see you guys win, you know, six straight. But there's competitive football there. Um, just, I guess, talk about the culture of your program that allows you guys to be winners yeah. consistently. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely been a process, and you know, I, it's, you know, Dickinson State, as far as over the years, we've you know had a had a, have had a strong tradition, you know, for many years before before I was coaching here, and you know, and we went we went um, thirty years up until two thousand seven with, with with thirty straight winning seasons. And uh, had a losing season in 2007. Then, 
you know, really uh, about 2011, we had a couple tough years, you know, you know, one in, in the old North Star, you know, where we had a losing season, then kind of coincided with us being a couple years in the frontier. We were, we were down those three or four years. And, and I think that, you know, we come back in 2014, we, we, you're right. We didn't win the conference that year, but we made some strides and, and they were able to, you know, get, get in there in 15. And I, I think it's just uh you know, a matter of just, you know, being consistent and, and, and having to really play well every week. You know, we've had, you know, some close games this year and had close games in the past. And, you know, we got beat, you know, last year and we got beat the year before, but we were able to come back and persevere and, and, and win the conference. So it's really been a credit to our guys, just uh, our coaching staff, just being consistent uh, here in the last few years. You're talking about uh, your season and, and those winning records. This is, uh, this last year was was a first in a while for y'all to complete the perfect season. Um, you know, we had our, our friends at uh, Reddit College Football talking about there were only two uh, 10-0 uh, teams there in college football, um, or 9-0 teams in college football. It was Dickinson State and Alabama. Um, talk about that perfect season there in your well, regular season. Yeah, any, anytime you can go through a a regular season and, and, and be undefeated is, is a great accomplishment. You know, you know, we've, I think it was the sixth time in the history of the, of the school. There'd been a couple, couple teams in the, in the eighties, three teams in the eighties, and then one in the nineties at Dickinson state. And then we had a, had a really good team in 2004 when we were in the quarterfinals of the playoffs that, that year as well. We lost to Northwest um, Oklahoma, uh, who Patrick Creighton at the time was, was playing. He was the quarterback of that team and went on to play for the Cowboys. Um, but that, you know, that, that was the last undefeated year before, before this year. So it was a, definitely a huge accomplishment and it's winning's never easy. Winning's uh, hard to do. And, and, and no matter who you're playing and how you're playing. So he's, uh, it was a really great accomplishment for our guys. Coach, you know, one of the great things about NAIA football in 2021 is many programs like yours are streaming your games live uh, for us fans to watch. And I, I remember I got to sit down and watch you guys against presentation and really opened the offense up. Uh, one, I, I absolutely love the double reverse uh, pass trick play on the two-yard line. Um, but I want to talk about your offensive line a little bit. Um, you guys have known for the past couple of years of being very efficient in the past, and you guys put up huge numbers in the air this year. But your offensive line seems like they're very versatile. They're sprint protecting. They're max protecting. Uh, you know, they're getting dirty in the run game. Uh, you know, talk about your offensive line a little bit and just the mentality that means for you guys winning. Yeah, those guys have done a good job uh, there. And, and I think it's once again just that consistency we've had. That's an area where we've had a lot of guys, you know, you know playing over the last few years. And, and we can interchange, you know, those guys. And, um, you know, Matt Day was is, was uh, a guy that was our, our leader this year as a senior at, at center and ended up, you know, making All-American there. And, and we have some, you know, several other guys, you know, Blake Murray played different positions and we had we had guys that are be able to be inter interchangeable uh, and play in there. And I think that, you know, as you said, I think our, our guys were very consistent in that area. I think it was a strength of ours, uh, you know, be able to run the ball, you know, be able to protect and, and do those things. And, you know, credit to those guys, you know, because that's, as you know, I mean, that's where it all starts. Well, we talked last offseason, uh, you know, we were talking about is it easier to replace one quarterback or two wide receivers? And you answered that it was tougher to replace a quarterback, uh, especially one of Hayden Gibson's 
um, quality um, who held and holds all the passing records at Dickinson State. Um, talk to us about uh, how Drew Bodecker stepped up uh, into those shoes and, and uh, took the reins for y'all. Yeah, he, he had an excellent year, Drew. really did. You know, and, and Hayden, as you said, you know, was one of our all-time greats here and, and you know, extremely efficient, you know, is, is passing and throwing the ball and releasing the ball. And, you know, Drew did get, you know, change some of the things that we did offensively this year because Drew was was good running the ball as well. And, and even though maybe he wasn't as experienced uh, with some of those recent things that Hayden could do, uh, he could give us that dimension running the football. And so with what we do with our RPO things and with a pretty good offensive line and pretty good receivers, I think it was 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 effective this year and I think Drew did a really good job. I think he was, you know, sixty some percent efficiency, didn't have a lot of interceptions, uh, and really um, you know, just made a made a lot of things happen and, and you know, I think that along the same board he uh, you know, took that leadership uh, over and, you know, on the offensive side and it was a guy, you know, it was a guy the guy that our guy was really gravitated to and uh, he did a great job for us. Coach, you know, it's it's big on me and Corey's list to get to a game in Dickinson, North Dakota. One, because last year we found out the flights are pretty cheap from Orlando uh, to get there. And then two, uh, you know, I, I want to hear just a little fun question here. Uh, looking at the Google-rated restaurants, what's your favorite place to go to in Dickinson? Or are you a homebody and like to cook at home? Well, there's there's a, there's several places that are right around the, the university. You know, there's a there's a barbecue place that are, is close by. There's a couple uh, you know restaurants right along the largest right right where our, our school's at too. You know, there, there's a fat fish and a blue forty two. It's called and like a couple nice places. That a lot of people could you know like to go to in, in that area. And, um, yeah, and I your, your game day atmosphere is, is is really special here. You know, we have a strong base of alums and and you know a lot of tradition with our school so our tailgating uh, atmosphere and, and of course we you know we, we like our stadium a lot too with our with our suites and and uh, concourse and it's, it's a really 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 nice uh, setup that we have so we're you know we're, we're fortunate that way and we're just really fortunate that we have the support and a great community of Dickinson that really supports uh, our program greatly. I can definitely agree with you. Your your stadium is absolutely gorgeous. Thanks to your folks over over there who got us a, a nice size picture. That's one of our backdrops for our green screen that we have uh, to use with the live show. Uh, just a beautiful backdrop for some a uh, couple of ugly mugs in front of it. Look, looking at your schedule coming up, you've got a a couple a, um, a couple of new newer names. Um, uh, when we talked last year, uh, you know, obviously the schedule hadn't been rejiggered the way that uh, it ended up being. Um, but now you actually get to play Black Hill State um, on that. And um, you get a, a, a new addition to the North Star in Iowa Wesley. And talk about uh, those two teams there for a little bit. Yeah, you know, we non-conference-wise, as you said, we were supposed to play, you know, Hastings. And, and Rocky Mountain and, and uh, Black Hills last year, and it didn't work out where, you know, the conference just went um, within the conference. So um, Hastings is, is not going to play us this year, and it didn't work out where we could play Rocky uh, with the scheduling. It's a game that we'd like to play because that's a team that, you know, we have a lot of Montana guys on our team, and, and they're a pretty quick drive for us. But Black Hills State is an old rival of ours. 
that was in our old DAC uh, 10 conference that we played for many, many years, um, you know, you know, from the sixties through, you know, 2010. So um, when they made the transition to division two, we thought it was a great opportunity to, to, to schedule uh, them. And what we want to do non-conference wise, we, we got to get better. And we want to play uh, good teams uh, and non-conference wise to, to, we, to get ourselves better. We always have to push ourselves and we always have to be hungry and make ourselves get better. And uh, so we go down to Black Hills and play them. And, and uh, you know, they, they, they were there in that RMAC conference. And then the other school we're playing non-conference is Western Montana. It was very, uh, you know, very good. You know, they're one of the frontier teams that, that uh, has a strong tradition and is, is a very strong program and just a really good team. And, and uh, you know, we went talking with Coach Norse, and we you know, we ended up working it out to play him. And we know what you know. Obviously, that's a heck of a, a challenge. They're a great team. And then and then I Westland will actually be a team that'll be in our conference uh, next year, just for football only. Um, you know, we wanted to add another team, and so the teams wouldn't have to play. Yeah, you know, fewer games where you had. To, we have a couple games where we play twice against the other teams, and by play, having Iowa Wesley, it gives us a team that you know you can reduce those number of games. So, yeah, we're excited about those non-conference teams uh, that we're playing. They're good, good programs that you know hopefully will um, you know get us get us in a situation where we can improve. Hey, coach. So you are one of the few unique guys in the NAI where not only do you coach at you coach at the same place you played at. Uh, can you just Talk how special that is to you. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. It has been, you know, when I, you know, I, I played uh, a long time ago now in the eighty, in the late eighties, and you know, we had some some good teams, but more so, you know, camaraderie. And of course, we played for Coach Bijou, who's a you know Hall of Fame coach in the in the NEI, and coached here for 40, 40 plus years. And Coach Hoffman was a long time defensive coordinator who we played for. And you know, when I went out coached in high school for for eleven years, I. You know, had one of the only places probably would have went came back to was was Dickinson State, and I just had that opportunity in in 2000 and to be the head track coach, you know, and then also be the be the assistant football coach at that time, and and I think just the. the Pulling back was the support that I got as a, as a student here and the time that I was here and 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 the tradition and the camaraderie um, and the brotherhood. But you know, with all the the, the players and the, the alums, I think is it was was pretty special, and I think it still is today. And I, we have really that part of it that you know, when we go on the road and play teams, and we have a lot of people travel on the road and and do that, and we have a lot of uh, alums that when we play in Billings, we just we have a great crowd of people there that support us. So that's just fun to be part of that 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 uh, that family atmosphere and and you know being a former player here and, and coaching here is just is, is, is been been special coach we see uh coaches from uh you know all positions on the football field you know you of course you've got your your quarterbacks i've, I've seen a tight end or two you know an offensive lineman uh but to me you know safety is also one uh where you play that is a um that's a good spot to have a coach from, um, you know, and, and I know the role of the safety has uh, changed a little since the time that you played. But uh, when you evaluate a safety, uh, what are what are you looking for? What separates good from great? Well, I think, you know, obviously, you know, speed helps. But I think a guy that's just, uh, you know, has good hips and a good range of motion and is smart and and uh, is dependable. You know, and you look at, you know, guys that we've been able to have in the last, you know, five or six years, Kane Boshi was, 
you know, he's the goodest player that ever came through Dickinson State. He has our, you know, 23 or 24 interceptions, has our career record. And then Derek Vandebos, who actually is coaching with us now and doing a great job, was a, was also an All-American there. And it's not so much about being All-American, but I think just being dependable. And guys that are, you know, at that position that, you know, I, I think guys that can that can run and, and don't make a lot of mistakes and also come up and tackle and be dependable, uh, you know, as part of that process. And that's really what we have to have, those guys that can make those calls and, um, you know, be center fielders out there and do a good job. And, you know, and, and that's, you know, I, I work with the safeties and the corners and, you know, Coach Thiers, our defensive coordinator, does a great job with uh, with all of our group. And I think it's just one, one unit just doing those things together. Coach, I know for most of uh, the, the folks that didn't make the playoffs, um, you know, they could have had a, mostly, for, for most of them, a normal spring. Um, how did the addition of that, of that one extra game kind of throw you, throw you off? How are you all dealing with that? It, it, was, it was very different. There's no question about it. Uh, we tried to do what we could do. Uh, you know, it was some teams were playing, and as you know, and in the fall, and sometimes in the spring, and we tried to keep it as much like the beginning of the year again as we could. The exception is we scheduled a couple of scrimmages, and Dakota State, you know, they they met us in Jamestown, and we had a scrimmage there, and we went up and scrimmaged one of our old rivals, Minot State, and uh, you know, I think those things were were, were good at the time, but it, it definitely was a. Was it was a different transition, and and uh, you know you could just see in that playoff game, you know, with Northwestern too on both sides, it was, it was a lot of rust and the tackling and the execution, you know, to, to start with. It was definitely showed that, especially that first half, like a like an August type of game. But you know, our guys really made the best of it. Our coaches did a good job of adjusting and just went and played. Well, coach, we look forward to seeing y'all come August September. Um, you know, getting off to that start um, against Black Hill State, that rivalry there, going and playing them uh, in early September. So we look forward to seeing what the Blue Hawks have to offer come this fall. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate uh, all you guys do. And thanks, uh, you know, for uh, for uh, for getting, getting me on here and being able to talk about, you know, Blue Hawk football. We're, we're excited and know it's going to be another challenging year for us, but we're, we're excited and just glad to be getting back to a little bit more normal and, and uh, getting after things this fall. I know it won't be long. Absolutely. It's going to be right around the corner. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast powered by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Give our other sponsors some love, too. 417 Helmets and First Down Playbook. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to Patreon and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.